Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Biden administration's ambitious green transition is facing a labor crunch. So far, companies have announced more than 100,000 clean energy job openings since President Joe Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law six months ago, according to a coalition of environmental groups. And analysts are predicting half a million new workers will be needed by 2030. But right now, the construction and manufacturing sectors are already short hundreds of thousands of workers. And while the IRA did include incentives to help fill that labor gap, industry watchers say meeting that need will require more. So today, Politico Zach Coleman on why the green transition has a labor problem and what more needs to be done to solve it. It's Thursday, February 23rd. I mean, it's great to have low unemployment numbers if you're a president, but that means if you have a lot of job openings, you can't find people to fill them. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which is part of the Department of Labor, is showing there's hundreds of thousands of open job postings in manufacturing in the construction field. So when you talk about this green transition that the president wants to usher in, you've got to have people to fill those jobs to bring it about. And what we're finding is that there's a lot of positions going unfilled. And these are some new sectors that are also going to be coming to the fore. Like we're going to have more vehicle manufacturing, more battery manufacturing, more solar manufacturing, if all goes right. And part of all going right means finding the people to actually fill those jobs. Right. And the IRA, of course, did include incentives to help fill the labor gap. So remind us what those are and what they're designed to do. Yeah, basically the IRA included sweeteners for working with apprentice programs that get people through a training pipeline. Companies that hire and work with those programs will get a more lucrative tax credit. So it's this way to develop a workforce that can actually create a sustainable sort of labor supply for these new industries. And there was some also broad programmatic funding that could be used for doing workforce development in some of these newer fields, things that could be used for helping city workers learn how to maintain clean buses and vehicles. There's a huge push to electrify municipal fleets. So, you know, you're going to need people who know how to work with those vehicles as well. And this was not in the story, but the bipartisan infrastructure law and the America Rescue Plan also included some money for workforce development. So you could see those programs being used to try to develop this labor pool as well. Gotcha. And you're reporting how the carbon management sector in particular offers a potential warning of this labor challenge. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, carbon management is this new field that the Biden administration, Democrats, even some Republicans are really trying to grow. I mean, you're talking about carbon capture from smokestacks, you're talking about direct air capture, which is pulling carbon dioxide that already exists in the atmosphere out of the atmosphere. So it's this whole new field that if you look at the climate projections and science, we're going to need, but it's not a fully budded industry yet. So what you're seeing with carbon management is this need to scale up, but a lack of workers to do it. Right now, a lot of the workers that would be good at these jobs are in the oil and gas sector. So there's 
is sort of an education that needs to happen about possible transition opportunities in the future. But, you know, I, I actually stumbled upon this coalition called Frontier Climate. It's a collection of commitments by Stripe, Meta, McKinsey. I mean, there's some big tech players here to buy credits for carbon removal, direct air capture, to try to basically grow this market because they see it as being important in the future. But when they set this commitment, they also realize, well, we actually need to get people in these these fields. So they created this database and they found that there were like a hundred plus gaps of things that they just didn't know how to do to scale up this industry. Things like basic science and technical and engineering questions that need to be answered. And what they tried to do was create this database and basically put it out to people that here's all these exciting things that you can do. Like maybe you have skills already that are transferable to this new industry we're trying to grow. Let's put the information out there and see what we can bring into this this new industry. And you need to do these sorts of educational exercises to bring awareness to these new jobs that the administration and Democrats and climate scientists are going to want to see grow because they're needed to solve the climate problem. And so what did experts tell you on how clean tech companies can avoid a labor crunch in the future? Well, it starts with education. I mean, there are a bunch of companies now that are trying to work with trade unions to educate them on these opportunities that are coming down the pike. I mean, you see that the U.S. steel workers are already aligned with the carbon management industry, whether that's carbon capture or this newer direct air capture technology. They see this as a transferable industry. You certainly are going to see a lot of activity, you know, maybe transitioning from the oil and gas sector to that sector where you have pipe fitters and geological needs that are very transferable to carbon management. But you're also going to see a lot of electrical engineering and construction jobs that are in traditional fossil energy move to solar manufacturing and electric vehicle manufacturing. I mean, it's just an awareness issue right now and in trying to reskill and skill up and bring awareness to these new jobs that are going to become available. Also, on Wednesday, the Interior Department proposed the first ever offshore wind lease sale in the Gulf of Mexico, the epicenter of the offshore fossil fuel industry. The proposed sale would make around 200,000 acres available offshore Lake Charles, Louisiana, in Galveston, Texas. Taken together, the department said the areas have the potential to power almost 1.3 million homes with wind energy. Holding a wind power lease in the Gulf of Mexico would be a major expansion of the wind industry's footprint. So far, offshore wind leases have been limited to the Pacific Ocean and parts of the Atlantic. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today.
Learn more at chevron.com.